0: As you're standing on the old 49 Bridge in the rain, the Yuba River crashing beneath your feet, every now and then you hear a dull thud coming up out of the water. The river is rearranging its bed, picking up a boulder, slamming it into another boulder. The river moves boulders only every now and then. What the waters carry constantly is sediment. Chunks of rock, sand, silt, The sandpaper that grinds down the boulders, smooths and shapes the rocks. Here in the foothills, the river is carving its valley, carrying sediment downstream. But when the river reaches lower, flatter terrain, it slows down and drops its load of sediment. Drops some of that sediment in its bed, but when the river floods, it drops sediment on its banks. Thus the river builds a wall on its banks, a levee. To increase the odds of keeping the river within its banks, Communities on either side of the river build the natural levees higher. They build artificial levees. A half dozen rivers drain the western slope of the Sierra. The river to the north of the Yuba is the Feather. Back in the mid-1980s, an artificial levee on the Feather River, a levee protecting the town of Linda from flood, that levee failed and the river burst through. What had been a housing development became a lake. News footage of the flood shot from a helicopter above showed not row after row of homes, but row after row of roofs. Once the floodwaters subsided, and the homes again had their walls above water, Circle, the South Yuba River Citizens League, organized a small crew to head down to Linda to see if we could help out. Again, this was in the mid-1980s. When you're building a house after you've poured the foundation, you build a skeleton, floor joists, stud walls, roof rafters. Only after the skeleton is complete, you cover the walls with siding, stuff the walls with insulation, cover the inside with sheetrock. If that house should flood, flood up to the roof. There's nothing to do but take the house apart, pretty much back down to the skeleton. Rip out the sheetrock, rip out the insulation, gut the house. But before you can take the house apart, you've got to empty it, which is what I and another Circle volunteers spent a day doing. I've still got a strong image in my mind of a mountain in the front yard of that house. All the other homes around had their own mountains. My partner and I were building this mountain, building it higher, piling on wet books, tables and chairs, rugs and carpets, mattresses and pillows and beds, a microwave, a toaster, a mixer, radios and TVs. A mountain of now worthless stuff. Just before we started to haul all that wet stuff out of the house, before we built our mountain, we went through the house with the owner to find whatever could be salvaged whatever could be washed off and used again, which left me with another image. Anything in the house that could hold water was filled to the brim. Cups and saucers, bowls and glasses, all filled with flood water. Every teaspoon, every soup spoon held a tiny little lake. Some ten plus years ago, I attended a conference where a study was unveiled. Scientists and engineers and meteorologists had put together a report called Arkstorm, that spelled capital A capital R AR for atmospheric river, small K, which stands for one thousand as in thousand years, capital s storm Arkstorm, storm, the name of course recalling the ark that carried Noah through the biblical flood, the purpose of that report was to look at a flood, a once in a lifetime flood, a once in many lifetimes flood that could conceivably have the same devastating effect on California as a major. Earthquake downtown. I'll be talking about Arc Storm in the near future. For KVMR, I'm Al Stallach.